We are learning Daf Memches. We're starting from the bottom, the bottom of Memzayin Mavbeis on the first wide line, the two dots. Echad Gerv, Echad Eved Meshochar, and we're analyzing the very end of the Brisa. The Brisa said that the same halachos that we're dealing with, we deal with not only for someone who's becoming a, a regular Ger, but also somebody who's becoming an Eved Meshochar. Again, there's two stages of slavery. What happens is initially a person is buying a slave and he has to give him a conversion to make him somewhat Jewish and elevate his status of a Kenyan Isser that, you know, he's going to have him in certain mitzvahs when he's under the ownership of the Jew. And then if the slave gets freed, now he has to undergo a second conversion where he goes to the mikvah again to become a full-fledged Jew. So the, 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 what the brides seem to be saying is that the halacha of the, of the garis of a regular ger and the halacha of the garis of a freed slave are the same. So in what regard are they the same? So the Gemara says, who think that the Bryson means like this, the Kabbalah, all of all mitzvahs, and it means to accept the, the all of the mitzvahs, the yoke of the mitzvahs, that there's a din, when a ger becomes a ger, he can't just go to the mikvah, he has to be the Kabbalah, all mitzvahs, he has to commit to them. So too, with, with a freed slave, he also has to commit to them. And the reason why, why such a thing is a chiddish is because he's not really becoming mechuyiv in mitzvahs for the first time. And Evan has already been obligated in mitzvahs. So definitely certain mitzvahs he's already definitely been practicing. All the mitzvahs that a woman is obligated in. So now it's just that he's becoming free. He's going to get extra mitzvahs. And the chiddush would be that, no, for the extra mitzvahs that he's getting, there needs to be a new, a new commitment, a new, commi- a new dedication that he's going to have to fulfill those mitzvahs. So that's what the Bryce would be saying. Just like a regular slave, just like a regular ger, the halacha is needs to be makabal mitzvahs when he's converting. So to a slave who's becoming free, has to be makabal the mitzvahs. Says the Gemara, but we have a question. We're minu, we have a stira in our bride, so another bride says, when is it true that you need kabbalah some mitzvahs? But ger, that's only true for a regular convert. If it's a slave who's becoming free, he actually does not have to accept the mitzvahs. So here in this bride, so we see that it's not true. In this b'risa, we see that an Evan Meshuchar doesn't have to be Makabal the Mitzvah. So we have a question. And again, presumably the reason would be <coughs> because he was already Jewish and he was already obligated to do some of the Mitzvahs before. So then he doesn't need a new Kabbalah of Mitzvahs just because he's toveling now to become free. So the question is that we have a stira. We were saying he does, and in this price we see he does not. So the Gemara explains, Amr Avshesh is lokasha. It's not a difficulty that we have a stira between two prices because it's machlekes. Harvishim and Melazar. The price of the second one that he doesn't have to even cobble mitzvah. So yeah, that's like Harvishim and Melazar. Harabana, the first price of. And says he does have to accept the mitzvahs. That's going like the Rabbanon. Where is there such a precedence for a machlekes? The Tanya says in a price of Bachlos of so we're talking about here, Eishah Zifas Torah. Eishah Zifas Torah is when a, the, the woman who's taken captive, where the Torah says that even though she's not a Jewish woman, there's a very unique, <coughs> there's a very unique process how the, how the Jew is allowed to take her and have relations with her. So it's a whole thing, the 30 days and the shaving of the head, and then a whole procedure until eventually she becomes his wife. So the Bryce says, what, when do we say that all these rules apply? When do you have to follow all the procedure of the Torah with the shaving and the 30 days and all that? That's all because she didn't decide herself that she wanted to become a Jew. So then there's a forced process of Asia's Torah. It's like that. Let's say the woman that is taken captive, she says, I'm happy to be a Jew. <clears throat> I'm very happy to start doing this. And then what's the Allah Matbilah? He puts her in a mikvah. And what's about Miyad? He's mother to marry her right away because you could do a regular Gerus. Meaning you don't need to go through the channels of Ashur Sifas Torah. If she doesn't want to be a Jew, then you have to do Ashur Sifas Torah and the procedure that the Torah gives. But if she's happy to accept and commit to be a Jew, then he just immerses her and he could marry her right away. 
<coughs> that's the opinion of the Tanakhama. Says Rabbi Shimon Olazar, Afi He says, I have a solution how you could how you could accelerate the process, even if she doesn't want to be a Jew, even if she doesn't want to do it. I could I could figure out a creative way how to bypass the need for Eshusifat Torah procedure. What could you do? First, first thing you do is you force you force her to immerse for the sake of becoming a slave, and he makes her a regular slave woman, a shivcha kenanis, and and evidently this tano this tano holds you could do something even and even though she doesn't want to do it at all. So meaning she's becoming a slave, which is not a chiddush that you could do against her will necessarily. But I guess the chiddush is that you would say since they're becoming somewhat Jewish with doing that, maybe you should need das, you should need her rasim, you should need her will. And it seems Rishon Lazar holds no, you don't need the das to be to be megayer to become a slave to become a slave. It can be forced. It can be forced by the, by, the, by the soldier. He can just take this woman and force her to become a slave and give her a din somewhat of Yisrael by doing that. So that's the first thing he's going to do. And then he's going to immerse her again and free her. And again, he's going to do that whether or not she wants to, she wants to become fully Jewish or not. And he frees her right away. So what's going on? It sounds like Rav Shemuel Lazar is saying this, this idea is that he doesn't, he doesn't need her consent either to become a shifra initially or then to, then to then immerse her to become a full-fledged Jew. Also, you don't need If you have a slave currently and you're going to um, immerse them against their will to become free and to become a full-fledged Jew, the master has the right to do that. And that's a way that this soldier soldier can bypass the issues of Torah. He'll first he'll force her to become a ger, to become in the sense that they'll become a, a Jewish slave. And then once she's a Jewish slave, so then he'll force her again to emerge to become a totally free person. Now, the Tanakhama didn't suggest that. The Tanakhama was saying that the only way you can bypass Eishu Sifat Torah is if the girl wants to become a slave. So what, something about this, obviously, he doesn't hold it works. What's, what's, what's the Nekudah the Machlokas? So the Nekudah the Machlokas is, as Eber Shimon ben was saying, that, that once she's a slave, you can, you can immerse her against her will. You don't need to immerse her to become a free person, dafka with her consent to commit to the mitzvahs. Once, once she is a slave and she's mechuyib in mitzvahs, so then, 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 then you can take it to the next step even without her das at all. The Tanakhama doesn't agree to that. The Tanakhama holds that a person becoming a full-fledged emancipated Jew who's going to be mechuyib in all mitzvahs, that requires a kabbalah of mitzvahs. And if there's no kabbalah of mitzvahs, then such a thing is not going to work. So that's good for the machlokas. As machlokas, if a slave becoming free needs kabbalah of mitzvahs. Now Rashi learns, this is very important, Machlekes, Rashi learns that the original step of the Geros that puts her into slavery, there everybody agrees to make her into a slave, you don't need Kabbalah Samitzvah, even though she will now become obligated in mitzvahs as a slave, certainly you don't need all mitzvahs, because the, the mitzvahs that she's in is out being a slave. So in the sense that you're in mitzvahs out being a slave, you don't need to be Makabal in those mitzvahs. The whole Machlokas here in the Tanoim is in regard to the second immersion. So the second immersion that's being done here to make her a full emancipated Jew, here there's a question, Mishim Lazar holds, hey, if it's going from slavery, then you don't need Kabbalah Samitzvahs. She was already in a state that she was Mechuyiv. So whereas the Tanakhama holds, no, you do need Kabbalah Samitzvahs. So that's the Pshad and the Machlok is Tanoim that we're going back to in the Stira and the Brises. So now the Gemara wants to know, Amar Rabbi, my Tabishim Lazar, where's his source? It says, every slave of a man who was bought with money, you should give him a Bismillah. The Torah is saying, presumably, that if a person has a slave that he purchased, he has to give him a bris mila, um when he's in his house. So, but why does the Torah say Evid Ish, the slave of a man? Evid Ish will love Isha, but only a man can own a slave. A woman can't own a slave. That's not true. A woman can have a slave as well. There's no difference. Ella, why is it saying Ish? Evid Ish, Atam Labakarcha. Even a slave who is a man, meaning to say he's, he's a man, he's an adult, that's the point. You can, you can give him a bris mila against his will. What's the Pasuk saying? The Pasuk saying that. 
even though he's an adult, he's an ish, and he has his own his own das. But the the mila will be valid even if it's done um, without without his will and consent to observe the mitzvahs. That's what the pasuk here is is coming to say. So the pasuk the pasuk is being lachadish that a person can take an evet can take a person and be and that he purchased with his money and now given the circumcision the, the process of, of 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 becoming a ger to be an evet even against even against his will. Now. This is a precedent that you don't need the das of the Eved in Kabbalah of the Mitzvahs to become an Eved when he's becoming obligated. But it seems, and this is where it's a tr- sticky point in the Gemara, that this is the way Rashi is learning, that Reb Shimon Elazar is extending this to the second stage of emancipation as well. And he's saying that just like when you were giving him circumcision initially to become a slave, we didn't require das, it could be done abal karcho, Eved ish. Is a din that you could you could just take the adult the adult slave and give and, and give him without kabbalah and mitzvah. So he says it could be true even with the even with the later conversion. So so and and the reason why Rabbi Shimon Velazer can make that extension perhaps is because the way the Torah is presenting it that when you make him a slave you don't need his das that could be obvious. I mean he's, he's you're making him a slave why would you need his das? Happens to be a slave is mechuyiv mitzvahs but as posture you don't need kabbalah mitzvahs at that stage. It has to be that the chiddush of the Torah of evidesh atamal bakarcho is really going on the second stage. It's going on the second stage. At the end, when he's becoming totally free, then we're going to apply this Xeris HaKasav that even though he's going totally free and he's being Kabbalah and he's going to be Mechul in all mitzvahs, we don't need his Kabbalah. It could be done against his will. But we learn just that. Coincidentally, we learn something from here that if, let's say, you have an adult, um, an, an adult guy whose father is converting and he will very much wants his son to convert, we can't force him. A regular ger, if he wants to be a megar, he can be a megar. If he wants to be a megar together with his young children, he could. But in his adult children, he cannot. We don't force geris. We don't force that. So even when a father comes, he comes and wants to be a megar, he wants us to forcibly be a megar, his son, we don't generally do that. The only thing where it's balkarcho is with the slaves, this whole thing with the evidish. With the evidish, we can have, even have adults, even without their consent, without the kabbalah samitzvos, we can theoretically be mechai of them to become Jewish one way or the other. Okay, so now the Gemara wants to know of the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon held, the Rabbanon held that you do need Kabbalah some mitzvahs for a slave. They said that uh, when he's becoming free, you do need the Kabbalah. That's why they said you can't. there's no way to bypass the Eshish Torah unless she actually wants to become Jewish. So what do they do with the Pasuk? How do they respond? Just as you can't give circumcision to the son of a man against his will, meaning the same way you can't be a Megai in a regular Geras. The son of someone who's being Megayar. The same thing with slaves. It doesn't make a difference. Really, with slaves as well, you can't force them, uh, but you can't emancipate them and force them to become fully Jewish. What do I do with this possible call Evidish? The answer is, it's not sorry for what Shmuel said. What happens if somebody is Mafkir his slave? He declares the slave to be ownerless. The slave automatically goes out to be free. He doesn't even need the get shikr. As soon as he doesn't have to work, as soon as the, the Kenyan and the Mammon is Paka, as soon as the, the, the ownership of the asset of the slave is gone because he's been Hafkir, he doesn't need to get in order to go free. Where do we see this? So again, it says, Evidish, Evidish, that's the question, that's the Joshua that we're coming from. Well, they're only an Evid of an Ish, not an Evid of, of a woman. If it's Evid Ish, is a slave of a man, meaning that one he's he's controlled by somebody else. That's where he has the status of a slave. But if the master doesn't have control over him because he already 
uh, declared him ownerless, he's not a slave of a man. So we don't mean man to the exclusion of a woman. We mean man in the sense that he's owned, he's controlled. An evid is only somebody who's controlled. But once the master has already declared him ownerless, his identity of a slave simply is non-existent anymore, and therefore he's, he, he doesn't need a get shekhar in order to move on, to marry another person, or whatever it is. He doesn't need that get shekhar. That's the drasha that Shmuel makes based upon the pasuk of evidish. The bottom line is we have the pasuk evidish. Shmuel Lazar is learning from there that even if it's an adult, even if it's an Ebed-ish, you can give him a bismillah forcibly, you can force the circumcision, and we're applying that drasha to say that you don't need Kabbalahs and mitzvahs at either stage of conversion for a slave. The Rabbanon disagree with that. They do hold that you need dast at the end, the second stage of conversion, when he becomes a full-fledged Jew. Okay. So now the Gemara was assuming once we see the Rabbanon didn't hold to the solution for the Eshes of it must be because you need Das, you need Kabbalah Samitzvahs at the end. So the Gemara says, Maybe the Rabbanon only were saying this in the case of the Yifastor, she was never doing many mitzvahs before she was freed. Because what happened? It was immediate, right? We, we, he took the Eshes Vastor, he, he made her a slave, and the next second he's releasing her. So there was never any time when she was really doing mitzvahs. So that's why there's a din that she has to be Makabal the mitzvahs at the end, and otherwise it wouldn't work. Avil Ebed, but if it would be, have a regular a slave, the Shaykh of Mitzvahs, and he was involved with doing Mitzvahs for years when he was a slave, maybe the Rabbanon would agree that you don't need Kabbalah some Mitzvahs at the end. Meaning the point that the Gemara is making is that a regular slave was practicing the Mitzvahs for a certain period of time. So then maybe he does, that's why the Rabbanon, maybe, 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 maybe the Rabbanon would agree you don't need another Kabbalah at the end. Just because over here by Eshrus Yifastorah, they don't like the solution of Rishim Lazar, that's because Rishim Lazar wants immediate results. He wants you to take the captive woman, immediately be told for her and become a slave, and then immediately free her, and without Kabbalah Samitzvah, she's, she's going to become a full-fledged Jew. So the Rabbanon say that doesn't work, she, without a Kabbalah Samitzvah, because that, she had never been practicing mitzvahs. But for someone who has been practicing mitzvahs, so then maybe, maybe that slave does not need a Kabbalah Samitzvah at the end when they're becoming free. And where do we see this? The Tanya would say, both in the case of a Ger, or a case of somebody buys a slave from a guy and then frees him, he has to, this, this, this Ger, or the slave has to be Mekabal, the Mitzvah. That's what the Bryce was saying. This is talking about the, uh, the second immersion. It's mashma somebody buys a slave from a Jew and then frees him. He wouldn't have to be makabal. Oh, dafka over here because it was bought from a guy um, or a ger. That's when you kabbal some mitzvahs. It sounds like if you buy a slave from a Jew and then you're freeing him, you don't. You don't. He doesn't need kabbal some mitzvahs. So mani, which opinion is this? That's what we saw. Even when you buy from a guy, the slave doesn't require kabbal some mitzvahs. He held that you never need kabbal some mitzvahs. He was saying, "Eishes of story, you can make her a slave and then free her without without kabbalas and mitzvahs at all." So there was no he had the person had never been doing been practicing mitzvahs. So he would say the same if I buy it from a guy. So who is this price of going like El Rabbana? It must be it's going like the Rabbana. And there's a distinction between who you buy it from. Why did the Rabbana say you need kabbalas and mitzvahs only if you bought him from a guy? Because the slave had never been practicing mitzvahs. If you bought the slave from a regular Jew where he had been practicing mitzvahs in the past, and he then he wouldn't have to accept the mitzvahs now. So now what's coming? What's coming is that we can understand that the machlokas by Eshus of Pastor or the unique Kabbalah of mitzvahs at the second stage of conversion when the slave goes free is only because he'd never been practicing mitzvahs. That's where there's a machlokas. Shemuel Lazar says you don't need Kabbalah mitzvahs. And the Rabbanon say no. If you had never been practicing mitzvahs, you do need then you need you do need the commitment now. You need the das now. But in a case where I have a regular slave who was practicing and observing mitzvahs in their state of slavery, do they need a new Kabbalah mitzvahs at the end? They do not. So now the way that we resolve the brayzer before it goes away. We were trying to say that in the brayzer before we had a mastira for regular slave now is going free, doesn't need Kabbalah's mitzvahs. We were trying to say the bride, so that said that he does, is going like the Rabbanon, 
Now, that question comes back because now we see that the Rabbanon don't argue by a regular slave. A regular slave does not need Kabbalah's mitzvahs at the end. So who is that b'risa going like? So the Gemara answers, you're right. That b'risa, we misunderstood. Kitani, when did that b'risa, the original b'risa that we were looking at, what we started off with today, that both a ger and both a, a, a slave are the same, it just meant with all the halachos of how you immerse them. It was not said in terms of the halacha. <laughs> it was not said in terms of the halacha of Kabbalah's mitzvahs. There is a distinction. A freed slave does not need Kabbalah's mitzvahs. So that's the maskan of our Gemara. A freed slave does not need Kabbalah's mitzvahs since they were practicing the mitzvahs before. Had they not been practicing the mitzvahs before, is there a solution that you can force them Force them to become to become Jewish. That's Machlokes, Reb Rabbanon, and Reb Shemuel Lazar. What we see by Yishit Vastar again. Rashi Shita is that the whole Sugi was talking about the second stage of the Geras, but in regard to the first stage of, of, of the Geras of a slave, to make him a slave, there everybody agrees it can be done against the will of the slave. Continues the Gemara, Tan Rabbanon says in Rise, and now we're just going to talk about Eshish of Asor a little bit more. What does the Torah say? Part of the process of the thirty-day thing, how she becomes. Mutter um, to the soldier, so it says he should shave her head, and then he should literally to make he should make her nails. So what does it mean to make nails? It means that she should cut her nails. She should let them grow. Now, generally in the Gemara, a longer than cutting nails is, is is something which beautifies a person. Whereas growing the nails is something which is not beautiful. It's a little opposite from what we have today. At any rate, so now the Gemara explains, The reason I'm saying that she should cut them is because it says she should, do, she should make, she should shave her head. There's something to do. And it's saying she should make her nails. So we compare what you do to the hair to what you do to the nails. Just by the hair, what you're doing is removing the hair. So by the nails, what we're doing here is to remove the nails. So even though removing the nails isn't making her more unattractive, but uh, that's not the point. We compare it to the hair and we say, just as over there, it's removing the hair. So to be over here, it's removing the nails. Whereas it says, I see it by the head. And it says, I see it by the nails. Just as by the hair. It's an act that makes her more repulsive. By shaving her head, she becomes more repulsive. So too, by the nails, the point is to do something that makes her look more repulsive, which means that the nails are allowed, are supposed to grow longer. being approved to Rabbi Lazar's opinion from this came down to be the king. He didn't make his feet of Lazar's family, he didn't make his mustache. So what does that mean there? To make a mustache. And I asked the Ahavar, clearly it means to remove the hair, like Rabbi Lazar was saying. Okay, so that's a machloka, that's what she does with the nails, is she letting them grow or is she cutting them? Says the Gemaratan Ravana, it says in the Bride, so, Pasuk says she should cry for her father and her mother. So what does it mean? What's she crying for? Top of Lamed Bezer, Abilezer, Omer, Avia, Avia, Mamish. When it says she cries for her father, it means literally her actual father. Ima, Ima, Mamish. When it says her mother, it means literally for her mother, she's more, she's in pain for the separation from her parents. Rabbi Kiva, Omer, Avia, Vima, It's actually all a reference to Avodah Zara. And since she has to stop doing Avodah Zara, that's what she's crying for. The Machlokas is how we interpret the Pasuk. We say to the wood, you are my father. You know, so like that's the sense of Avodah Zara. Like it's, it's belief that these things are like parents. Yerach Yamim, how long is this done? It says for a month of days. So how long is that? Yerach Yamim, a month for 30 days. So that's, that's the process of her crying for 30 days. Another another view, Rabshim Lazar Omer Tishim was actually for ninety days. Yaroshloshim, the word month by itself is thirty days. Yamim Shloshim, the word days can also mean thirty. Achim Shloshim, the words the word for Acharkin implies yet another thirty days, thirty, 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 issues a total of ninety. Maskal Ravina Ravina adds the Ema Yaroshloshim Yamim Shloshim Acharkin Kihani. Maybe Yar should be thirty, Yamim should be another thirty, a total of sixty, and Vaacharkin, the word Acharkin should double what we have previously, so it should be a total of 120, not ninety. Says the Markasha, indeed, this is difficult.
The Gemara continues to turn and it says in Hebrew, We are allowed to keep slaves who don't undergo circumcision. The point here is someone buys a slave and he's supposed to be uh, converting them and doing mila and fila, but he's not. So are you allowed to have a slave in that way? Are, are, is, a, is a person allowed to own a slave that he's not converting? Again, converting to become a slave where he's mechuyiv in the mitzvahs like a woman. So Rabbi Shmuel says, yeah, no problem. You could have a slave even though you're not converting them the way the Torah wants. As Rekiva says, you are not allowed to own them at all. And if you want to own a slave, it has to be converted. And, and uh, Tysus even brings out that we see by Avram Avinu, like that, like the, like such a thing. Avram converted them. Avram converted his slaves. Rabbi Shmuel says, Rabbi Kiva, what does the pasuk say? That there's a din on Shabbos that ben your maidservant son has to has to not work. So what's it talking about? So presumably, what it's saying, what it's talking about, is someone as a slave that's in your house that hasn't been megayer, hasn't been megayer. So he's technically not mechuyev, and, and not mechuyev, and this was like a woman. And the Torah is saying, but still, he's not supposed to do work here on the Shabbos. It's like a new zera sakasa. So what do I see? I see that there's such an existence of a ben amasecha as a as, as as such a slave that I own who is not mechuyev in regular mitzvahs that the Torah has to refer to and say that he that he that he still has to keep Shabbos. So Rabbi Shmuel is bringing a proof that there is such a slave. Whereas Rabbi Kivo, there's no such slave. I'm a slave. You're right, the Pasuk is talking about a slave that hasn't yet been converted, but it's a very unique anomaly. It's talking about a situation where you bought him right before Shabbos started and you didn't have a, a, a time yet to give him uh, the first Mila and the Tvila. So that's why, that's why in that case we need the Pasuk to talk about what that to still tell us the, the scriptural decree that he has to keep Shabbos. But generally, of course, what is the halacha? You're not supposed to have a slave that you haven't been megayer to become a chuyiv in mitzvahs. So the Gemara says, What do we see from here? Everybody agrees. What is this possible? It's talking about an eved who is in Arel. It's talking about an uncircumcised male, one that has not been megayer to become a slave. And the Gemara says, My mashma, how do we know? The Tanya maybe it's talking about it. In other words, the question is maybe the Pasuk is saying, Your regular slave who's, who has been become a chuyiv in mitzvahs. Maybe that's the one who has to keep Shabbos. So the Gemara brings the Tanya, says another brass, when the Pastor says, Rinovich Ben Amasach is coming to say that even in our own an uncircumcised slave who's not hasn't been Megar, he also has to keep the Shabbos in your house. You're saying he's talking about an uncircumcised slave. Says the Brice, maybe he's only talking about a circumcised slave who's been Megar. Says the Gemara, says the Brice, we have another Pasuk that your slave and your maidservant will rest like you. So, we already have a Pasuk talking about a regular slave. So then, what would I be with this Pasuk? The terrorist must be, it has to be talking about a slave who is not circumcised. That's what it is talking about. So now we have the extra pasuk. That's a new din in the Torah. Very interesting halacha. That even though he hasn't been mugayer as a slave yet, he hasn't become mechuyiv in mitzvahs. But since he's in the house, he's in the house of, of the Jew. He's mechuyiv to keep the Shabbos. Now, what else does the pasuk say? It says vahager and the convert. What is this ger? Zeg ger toshav. We're not talking about a ger is mechuyiv in mitzvahs. We're talking about a ger toshav. A ger toshav is someone who lives in Eretz Yisrael and he's like a citizen in the land. He's makabel formally. That he's not going to do avodazar, he's not going. To, he's going to accept the seven mitzvahs that he's supposed to keep, and then the halach is, you know, he's supposed to take care of him. You treat him well. You, you give him money if he needs. That's the din of a ger toshav. But a ger toshav is not a Jew, so that's what the pasuk is still saying that a ger toshav has to keep the shabbos. Atam is a ger toshav. You're saying it's a ger toshav. You know, a ger tzedek. Maybe the pasuk is only saying a ger tzedek, the righteous convert who's totally Jewish has to keep shabbos. The answer is We have another pasuk that says the ger has to keep shabbos. Sorry, ger tzedek amar. The pasuk has already said that a regular ger has to keep shabbos. Hamani mekayim v'hager. So what does the pasuk here mean v'hager? Even a ger toshav has to keep the Shabbos. Now, a very interesting machlokas of Rishon and Rashi implies 
very that uh, that the the Ger Toshev has to keep Shabbos even though he's not a Jew like a regular mamish a regular regular dinim of Hilcho Shabbos for him Rashi implies and the same thing with the uncircumcised slave that it's like regular thing that he has to keep Shabbos now it's a tremendous tremendous chiddush to say such a thing because the guy is not Jewish so Rashi explains that we know someone who desecrates Shabbos it's like someone who serves of a Rizara. it's like a, a basic tenet of our faith to believe in Hashem means that Hashem rested on the seventh day so that's why it's considered like Avodah if you don't keep the Shabbos so since since this din, since the din of a Karatoshav is that he can't do Avodah Zarah, so therefore he has to keep Shabbos the same way he can't do Avodah Zarah. Because again, there's a tremendous, tremendous novelty. Taisa says, what do you mean? Then, then it's going to come out that there's, there's more than seven mitzvahs. Taisa says another kasha, don't we say a guy is not allowed to keep Shabbos, the Gemara Sanhedrin says. So we get to Taisa's answer is that we're not saying that he's going to keep Shabbos for himself. The Apostle is just saying to us here, that he can't do malacha on our behalf. Now, this is a fascinating halacha because this is already a little bit of a precedent for what we know that Midrabanan is also. Midrabanan, there's such a din that a guy can't do malacha for a Jew on Shabbos. Here we see a little bit of a precedent on a Daraisa level that a Ger Toshav is commanded he can't do malacha for a Jew on Shabbos. But Akubadam Rashi Shita, it seems to be saying that Stam and Ger Toshav has to keep the Shabbos. That is, seems to be what Rashi holds. Says the Gemara, Amar Bishu Malivi, okay, I'm a Muhammad, somebody bought a slave from a guy, the slave doesn't want to be circumcised, the master should, you know, negotiate with him for 12 months. He should try to convince him for 12 months' time that, you know, becoming a slave, a Jewish slave, would be good, and that he should formally cobble the mitzvahs. Lomal, if he didn't, then he should sell him back. So the Gemara says, come the Republic, come on, who is this going like? The look, Rabbi Kiva, it's not like Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Amar Ibn Kamar, Kiva says, you can never have an uncircumcised slave at all. That's only true. We didn't, he never said that he would convert. But where he did abandon his previous ways and he said, I will convert, but now he's, you know, he's, he's, he's delaying on it and he's not sure. That's the din. Paschi has already abandoned it. And that's where we say he can keep him 12 months. But if he's not interested at all, then right away you can't be kind of him. But if he expresses interest, it's just a question of how, well, how long the process is going to be. When is he going to be ready? This, that, those types of commitments. Then that's the case where we give him up to 12 months. Now, what's very interesting here is that, um, is that we learned before on Lamar Aleph, seemingly, according to Rashi, that Rashi's opinion is that everybody agrees that you could force a slave to become Jewish even without Kabbalah Samitzvah. So then this makes this Gemara so hard. What's this whole issue? I buy him. He doesn't want to convert. What am I supposed to do? I have 12 months. Did he even... What's going on? I thought you can just forcibly do it. So this was Taisa's Kasha and Rashi Shita. It's such a strong question. Rashi learned that everybody agrees in the original state stage of conversion um, to make him a slave that you're able to do it with against his will. It would seem very strongly from Argamar not that way, that we don't want him uh, becoming Jewish here against his will. Says the Gemara, an objection to this. I said this over in front of Zvinah. If it's true that Rabbi Kiva would allow a slave to, to remain for up to 12 months if he said he would convert, and Rabbi Kiva was only going when the when the slave never expressed interest. So, so what happened? We had a kasha from the bride of before of Yenavish ben Amasacha. What's it talking about? And Rabbi Kiva had to say, Rabbi Kiva had to say, we're talking about you bought him right before Shabbos started. So listen to the law, we could have answered this case. You know, we could have said, it was talking about a case where the slave, the slave initially said he would convert. And there, even when, you know, he's, he's hemming and hawing about it and his commitment, there we have 12 months. So why didn't we answer that? If he didn't use that to answer Rabbi Shmuel, it must be that even in a case where he initially expressed interest, Rabbi Kiva says, no, you got to either do it right away or not do it at all. So, Rekiva was saying one of two solutions. You're right. He could have said this answer before. That is talking about a case where the guy did express interest. Now he's just going back on it. But he said another answer. He said another answer. We're talking about where you brought it right before Shabbos. It didn't mean to the exclusion necessarily of this answer. 
Says the Gemara in other case, you could keep a slave who hasn't been Megai here. Shalaf Rabbin Shrein to Rabbi Light. All my teachers said this over the name of Rabbi Light. What's an example? And you have an, an uncircumcised slave, a slave who hasn't been Megai that you could still keep him. Let's say you bought him. You bought him on condition. At the time you purchased him, you bought him on condition that you weren't going to be Megai him. That was the stipulation. Seems to be saying you can never be Mikhaim uncircumcised slaves. So what's this business now that if I stipulate at the time that I buy it, I don't want to circumcise him, then I'm allowed to. So the Gemara explains, no, could work like Rabbi Akiva. Asni Bahadeh, Rabbi Kiva's whole din is where you didn't make the stipulation with the slave that he'd be left without Bris Miladechud. Asni Bahadeh, where you made the such a stipulation from the outset that the terms of the deal of how you're buying the slave is that he's not going to become Jewish, then in fact you would be allowed to. I said this over in front of Rabbi He asked me if so. Remember, we had a kasha. What do we do with the pasuk? If you're not much According to Rabbi Shmuel, it's good. You're allowed to have uncircumcised slaves. But according to Rabbi Kiva, you're not allowed to have, you're not allowed to own uncircumcised slaves. So the question was, what's the pasuk talking about? So this was the question that was asked Rabbi Kiva. What did Rabbi Kiva answer? He said, Oh, he was talking about Kikamali Rabbi Kiva. Was talking about a case you bought him right before Shabbos. You didn't have a chance to give him this meal. Why does he answer that? You should have answered this. That is talking about a case where there was a stipulation that the slave shouldn't be circumcised. Since he didn't answer that, it must be Rabbi, Rabbi Kiva doesn't hold of that. That stipulation can work. So the Gemara says, "Remember, we went through this already. Why didn't we answer that the that the case was um, that he bought him? Why didn't we answer that the case was that it was originally expressed interest, and then for twelve months you, you're allowed to have him?" We had to answer that he said one of two answers. You know, we said that trade me the last time he came. You could say he was saying one of three answers. Not a big deal. All these people were sitting on Rabbi Yisrael Nafra's porch. They were sitting over and saying, There's once a city in Israel, the slaves in that city did not want to be circumcised. So the people in that town, they, they, they were with them for 12 months trying to convince them. And then after 12 months passed and they still didn't convert, then they sold them back to the guy. Come on, who are they going? Like this town is Tanya, like we just saw. You purchase a slave from a guy and you don't want to, and he doesn't want to become a slave who's Jewish. You can debate it with him, try to convince him for 12 months. If he still is not circumcised, close him up. Then you have to sell him back to the guy. Says another town of Rabshim Nope, you're not allowed to leave him in Eretz Israel. Why? An uncircumcised slave, you're not allowed to leave around in Israel. And they have Sitaris, he could cause a loss to Taurus because of the laws. Here of Tumah and Tara, he could he could make he comes in contact with the Truma, he can make a tummy. So therefore we would say that we shouldn't have him uh shouldn't have him around at all. And if it's a town that's close to the border where there's security questions, right? It's a security risk that he's going to tell people state secrets in Mashmas Hokalikar, we can't have him around at all. Here's something about you know the defense, the security about Israel. He's still not a Jew, so he might not be so loyal to us, and he might report it to the Gayim. Says the Gemara Tanya doesn't rise. Why in our times are are the are the Gerim of afflictions of Yisrin Baalim, all hard things in their life? The answer is because they before they converted they weren't uh, 
keeping the mitzvahs properly. So it's an interesting thing. Hashem is trying actually to help them make it better for them. They go to Olam Abba because now they are good, now they're good people. So Hashem makes it hard for them by punishing them for the, what they didn't do correctly before they were Megayar. No, we wouldn't say that. If a person converts, he's a newborn child. You're not going to be punished for something you did before. Why they afflicted It's all because they're not familiar with the details of the mitzvahs like other Jews. And therefore, even though now they're mechuliv and mitzvahs, they're not keeping them properly. They don't understand all the intricacies of the law. So that's why they get punished. It says the Gemara, They don't do mitzvahs out of love for Hashem, only out of fear. They're missing that they need love. They actually suffer because they're punished. Why did it take them so long to become Jewish? So they're punished. Once they came, they should have come earlier. Where do we see that from? Your payment should be full from Hashem, the God of the God of the Jews, Asher Bas Lachsos, that that you came under him to get refuge here. So this is with Rus. This is the bracha that Boaz said to Rus. So it says Bas Mashma that you know you came right away. You didn't delay, and that's why uh, things are good. But Mashma that if there would be a sense of delay, then it would not be good. So we see here that if a ger would would delay, then there would be some punishment for it.